0: Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective Podcast, your one stop shop for all things Hospital Challenge Cup news, brought to you by All Sports Physiotherapy. My name is Brendan Tell from Queensland Rugby Union and joining me as always is my good pal, Jay Borstorton. Jay, how are we, mate?
1: Living the dream, saucy boy, as per usual, brother. How you going, mate?
0: Not too bad. Now, mate, you got to have a week off from commentating on the weekend. You got to sit down and watch the doggies, mate, and they're on the board. They've won one.
1: How good, mate. Mate, this was a cracking game of footy. I was talking to the lads. I was like, just watch yourself. Sunnybank can easily come away with this. And they were doing, like, that first half was just, it was such a quick game of footy. And they were just going hell for leather at each other. And you could see the, you know, the um, sevens um, talent above, across both sides was really coming to the fore. Sunnybank were throwing the pill around. The forwards from West were really getting their hands on that pill a lot and getting those offloads away. Jez Skelton was fantastic again. But in the end, that scrum dominance that I had spoken about really came to the fore. And it was that scrum penalty as a final play of the game that, that set up that win for the doggies, but heartbreaking stuff for the dragons. Once again, I think that's three games in a row now where they've lost by less than a try. The other two by two points. So it's gut wrenching stuff, but you look at the ladder, the doggies and Sunnybank are equal on points on the ladder. And that's testament to just how, Gritty, these two sides can be, but yeah, doggies are too good on the day.
0: Well, mate, uh, I was there for sort of sort of twenty odd minutes. I just came to uh, get a photo of the for the return of Digby Uani to club footy. How good! Um, and just in that period alone, sort of just before half time, as you mentioned, that Sunnybank backline, mate, they are sharp. Tommy Lucas and Liam McNamara there at ten twelve. There's some serious playmaking talent there. And if you have a look at the score sheet. Um, Sunnybank actually outscored West five tries to four, but it was the boot of Cooper Whiteside who yep. brought you guys home. He obviously slotted four conversions and slotted the penalty to get the win, um, whereas Tommy Lucas only managed to slot three conversions. But Cooper's obviously got a bit of uh, a bit of weight on his shuttles at the moment, having to step into that 10-roll with Carter Gordon um, now injured. He's got some broken ribs, as I understand. Um, but. Yeah, mate, Cooper, he's stepping up, mate. Another generation of uh, good young doggies coming through.
1: 100%. Mate, Cooper's been a mainstay ever since the start of last season and he's hes such a good um, athlete, trains his heart out. He's down there an hour and a half before training, working on his kicking game, which is evident just by how good he really is. And, you know, without Carter there, I thought, you know, it could be really tough going for them. We haven't really seen Cooper play too much 10 in the past and I – I think there was some hesitation early on in the season. We saw they were playing Nick Co there, but um, after that, yeah, that brothers game where they decided to put Hicksy at fullback and put Cooper forward, I think it's done his confidence a world of good. And he's such a calm and collected player, but he took last week's game by the horn, the one, uh, the one against brothers. And if it weren't for him, they wouldn't have even been in that match to the 49th minute after losing Carter Gordon. And last week, awesome once again. So I think it's really good that they've shown some confidence in him and, you know, obviously think he's a fantastic footy player, but I think the last couple of weeks has solidified just how well he's really going.
0: Yeah, no, mate, very, very good recruit for you guys. Now, jumping forward to one of our other matches, mate, and this could have easily been the match of the round if we weren't trying to uh, share the love a bit um, amongst the clubs, mate, UQ Jeeps at GPS for the Appleby Memorial Trophy. Um, and this was four tries apiece. Uh, Macarely got over for a double again for the students. Um, and then the difference came down to the kicking. So, um uh, AJ Latimu slotted three from four, Kai Oates slotted three from four conversions, but it came down to a penalty in the 80th minute. And I know there's a little bit of conjecture about this one, mate. Tell us about this, this final penalty.
1: Well, it was a scrum penalty, and we, we look, we know. We know so much that Jeeps, their set piece is their, is their key attacking weapon. We understand that. We all get that. For the better part of you know half a decade, they've really hung their hat on the fact that their scrum in particular can really decimate opposition. But I said last week, you know, if Freddie Burke wasn't there, we saw last week when he went off, their set piece started to falter a little bit. and They, they obviously had big Mossy Takiri and Jethro Fulemi at, at props, so they lost nothing bringing Jethro in. But the fatigue starts to set in and, and after eighty minutes of what was a bloody grueling match of footy, it ha- it happens, right? Like it's it can be a bit of a murky area, but the 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 penalty had to be called. There was a legit penalty there at scrum time. And you know, I think no matter which way you skin a cat sauce, we've said it before no matter what you do as a referee, there's going to be 15 people that love you and 15 people that hate you. You know what I mean? And and look, that's the way the, the um, cookie crumbles, right? Like, that's footy. So, testament to UQ, though. Like, they started the season very scrappy. Like, they were pretty con- comprehensively beaten by East in that first fixture that wasn't for points. And then they only just scraped through with that win against Sunnybank a few weeks later. Stuff like that. But... Credit to uni, and it's just like last year. When points are on offer and when wins are necessary, they can do it. So that's how it works out, right?
0: Very true, mate. Hey, mate, who were some of the standouts for you in this clash?
1: Mac, really, mate. Another yeah. brace. He is a freak. He is a genuine, genuine freak. Um, another one, though, from mine is Big Mossy Takiri. I think he might have even gotten um, the Jeeps man in the match, from his own teammates but he yeah yeah mate he's been awesome like he's been working his way into the set piece a bit like we know how big he is we know how good he is around the park we saw him as a schoolboy superstar just a few years ago for Ashgrove Maris. but the set piece is a different ball game and, and he's really worked his way into it and on the weekend his set piece was so much better than it has been against a side that's really starting to get their set piece dominance going in UQ and then but around the park, like he is just decimating blokes left, right and centre with ball and without. So, mate, he's he's coming along really nicely. So, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with Big Mossy and hopefully he can continue going on because he's got a bright future ahead of him if he can continue progressing the way
0: he is. Not very true, mate. Now, the East-Norse game at Tigerland. Tigers getting up here 31-7 now, mate. I think you predicted this one that the Tigers were going to go bounce back from this Bond game, mate. They certainly did. We saw Ben Mullen get over for a double. Richie Arsa got over for a double. And Shane Kennedy picked up his fourth try in two weeks. Um, and then Pilsey slotting three for five with conversions. Uh, Reese Tapanay was the only man to get over for Norse, which Jacob Prado obviously converted that try. But a very one-sided affair.
1: Yeah, mate, this is all one-way traffic. It's what we predicted. Like, East are too bloody good to let a loss like that against Bond, against the red hot Bond side, get to them. Um, If anything, they'll, they use that as fuel to the fire. And they did just that. They came out and they were clinical. They were absolutely clinical with everything they did. And as you said, you know, that Reese Tarponet try was consolation that, they were lucky to get a try in that game. East just came out and you could see they had a chip on their shoulder and they've got South this weekend as well. So they would have been really raring to get that W against North and really put the sword to them so that they can show that because that South side W, East versus West, anything can happen. Um, And so they would have wanted to get back in the winner's circle comprehensively and they've done just that.
0: Now in our match of the round, mate, Bond versus South, 39-24, um, Bond got out to sort of a reasonable lead before um, Souths actually came back and scored two tries through Angus Dean in very quick succession in the second half to sort of pull themselves back into the match. But then Bond switched back into gear and put the icing on the cake, mate. Um, mate, the Bull sharks they're looking sharp.
1: Mate, they are legit. They are legit. They, they, they had control of this game the whole time. You could really tell. I mean, it was only, what, one try in the first sort of 20, 30 minutes or so. Like, But they, they looked really in control. They, they, they play almost like a seven side. They've got forwards that like to inject themselves into that back line and play that second man option. They love to get it out to the fringes. Um, and guys like Maxi Co. are absolutely reaping the benefits of that. But, um, mate, like they, they are legit. They are legit. South, South are a good side. Like as you said, Dean picked up a brace. They've got they've got plenty of enthusiasm. Whether or not they can fire any sort of heavy shots for the back end of this season is is yet to be seen. But they will be good in a few years' time if they can keep this core nucleus of players firing, fit and healthy. Um, but yeah, Bond they are legit top four contenders.
0: Very true, mate. Um, for me, mate, makes doubt in particular, mate is gone hey, on leaps and bland. So we had him on the podcast last week and he uh, and he's doubled up, mate, and he's doing some great stuff out wide for them. And then the other big fella that I was impressed with, was Jake Upfield, he's got a very rude lid at the moment. I don't know what's happening with his haircut, but um, he's providing that sort of big physical um, uh, abrasiveness in the forward pack that like we're seeing from yeah. the likes of Blythe and other Bond guy in the Reds at the moment.
1: No, I'm a big fan of Jake Upfield. He's come out of that TSS system and he was meant to go over and have a professional contract in the Northern Hemisphere, but that's been uh, – had the kibosh put on it because of COVID. But all, all the better for us here in the Hospital Challenge Cup because he is awesome. I love just – as you said, he loves that niggle. He's, he seems like Angus Blythe where he looks like he wouldn't be an absolute pest and love to get in the face of people, but he does. And he gets in and does the hard graft. So, mate, I'm a big fan of his. Very big fan of his.
0: And uh, it's worth another shout-out to, mate, to Justin Bernstein. He's been an absolute battler down at Bond for a while, mate, um, plugging away in reserve grade, but steps up when he needs to in first grade and does the job, mate. He is a, he's an extremely – he's one of those guys that every club needs, mate. He's Mr. Fix-It.
1: That's it. That's it. And that's one thing that we've said in the past, Bond, probably haven't had, but they've got three sides now. They've got two Colts sides but they're starting to build that depth out a little bit, which is really going to help them. And like, they've gone through some turmoil over the past seven, eight years of them being in the competition, but they're starting to really, they play a lot. They play their footy a lot like the old Gold Coast breakers did, where they had ball playing back rowers and they had second rowers that weren't afraid to play out on the fringes and stuff like that. Like, they play a high-tempo, exciting brand of footy, and it's good to see. So I think, yeah, guys like JB coming through are just going to absolutely keep chopping up. And as you said, he's a Mr. Fix-It. And when things go awry, like, you know, Mitch Third going down or whatever it is, you can have someone like him come in and get the job done ably.
0: All right. Well, that is round six in the bag. Obviously, folks, with uh, four rounds of points that account now, Ladders as follows. We've got UQ on top on 17 points. We've got East in second on 16 points. Honder in third place, also on 16 points. GPS round in the top four on 13. And then we've got Brothers in fifth, Western sixth, Sunnybank seventh, North eight, and South down the bottom of the ladder in ninth. Now before we throw forward to round seven, Jay, I've got something special for you. We've got a special guest lined up who's gonna have a bit of a chat about Club Rugby and then also talk about the just how much club rugby is impacting the Reds' successes at the moment as they head into their qualifying final against the Rebels this weekend. Now, Jay, as I mentioned at the start, mate, we've got a special guest this week. We are joined by St. George, Queensland Reds flanker, Fraser McWright. How are we, mate?
2: Good, thanks. Thanks for having me again. It's good to be back with you, boys.
0: No, nah, oh, all good mate. Now obviously, mate, it's finals week. It's been a long time since the Reds were um at the point of sort of hosting any kind of final. Twenty twelve was the last time, mate. You would have still been in very early days of high school, something like that at that point, mate. But uh how's the feeling around camp this week?
2: Uh yeah, it's pretty good. Hey, I think um obviously everyone's pretty young and pretty aware the last time, like you said, we we're in the finals were you know, twenty twelve. I was just in grade eight, so um, yeah, everyone's really pumped, especially to have a, a, have a home semifinal. I think, I think the big thing Thorne wanted to say is, um, you know, do it for the fans because um, the supporters really wanted to see us do well and we're sort of rewarding their, their sort of uh, belief and, and balance for, for have, having our backs throughout the season. And I think for us, it's, uh, it's just focus on this week. Rebels are a very good outfit. Um, they're coming off a really good tight win so we know they're going to be really really hard to beat so it's about focusing on our processes and uh, just worrying about little details that we can get our prep right and um, come singing come saturday
0: now obviously mate um when the comp first started uh you know while you guys were in a bubble as such you were at least able to go out and do your essential shopping and all that sort of stuff and and see your family and, and properly i suppose um in terms of being able to interact with that and them at home and things like that. But since you guys played the TARS in New South Wales, you had to go into New South Wales, which was considered a COVID hotspot. And then, obviously, all the other Super Rugby teams were been based in New South Wales. The bubble scenario is a bit different. So for those that aren't in the know, the whole Red Squad, including the staff, they're not allowed anywhere other than home and at Ballymore, um, you know, no shopping or anything else the like. So it's been a tough couple of weeks. But considering where you guys are at now, mate, does it sort of mean? Does it mean that all those sacrifices are sort of worth it?
2: Uh, yeah, it really does. Um, you know, one thing with the bubble, obviously, at first it was sort of like me personally. I didn't really know how to react to the news. Um, it's it's a different uh, experience because you haven't really been a part of it ever. Sort of being in a bubble, so and we knew that obviously the AFL and the other codes have sort of been in a bubble for a while. So we knew our time had to come. Um, but with the bubble, I think it's been been great in terms of our team we're already a tight um, group anyway but with that bubble there was added responsibility pressure for us to to get even closer and I think it's really done that Um, we've really loved it and uh, obviously everyone's sort of fighting at the bit to sort of get out but we know that we've got got more jobs to do and we've got a job to do this weekend. and I think that's that's a priority and right now I don't think um, if we could give back and not being in the final to, you know, being able to go out. I don't think anyone would do that. We want to be in, in the finals and we love doing it. So um, that's, our, that's our goal for right now is building up like the under this weekend.
0: Now, mate, the reason why we wanted to get you on our, our club rugby pod, mate, um, is if you have a look at this red squad now, uh, compared to probably teams in the past and all that sort of stuff, is we've got a group that is really built on uh, products of, the, the Hospital Challenge Cup and there's obviously a lot of guys who have debuted this season as well as guys who have come through um, the club rugby pathway over the last few years and including, you know, Captain Liam Wright. Not a lot of people necessarily know that he just spent a year out of school just playing Colts at Easts before he even got noticed to go into that 20s program. Um, for yourself, mate, before we jump into talking about a lot of the debutants and all that sort of stuff, it's no secret, mate, that uh, you are brothers through and through and you probably love to run out with the butcher's stripes underneath the maroon every week, much the same as the likes of Harry Wilson. Um, just how special, mate, has brothers been as part of your development? What, like how much, um, I suppose, praise can you give to to the club to helping you get to where you are right now?
2: Yeah, I, I do everything, I think. For me coming out of school, I didn't know, um, you know, what my sort of talents were, uh, whether they were up to the standard of playing professional rugby or, um, you know, I didn't know if I really wanted to keep going. Like I'm not, it was just all a bit frazzled in my mind and obviously I had family connections at Brothers so I went there and I think the main thing that Brothers does is, one, they've got a really good cult program but they also make you enjoy rugby and enjoy the mateship around rugby the culture was really good for others and you know for me luckily i was able to make my debut for um first grade that year straight out of school and had a couple games that year and to have a have people on that side who the year previous that we just won the premiership like Gendy, teddy postal you know luke uh, bt all the all these great players um gave me confidence in my ability and Um, you know they gave me belief and said that you you got picked you are picked for a reason we believe in you go out there and and do your job and I think you know able to have that confidence to go out there as a as a fresh 18 year old against you know men probably gave me a lot of a lot of belief in my own game and I think from that I've been able to build upon that you know through the I was on the 20s and obviously through NRC and now the Reds Um, so I give I give brothers all the credit, I think. Um, and I, Like you said, I would love to be back playing there and um, you know, I watch every weekend. We've got a really good good squad of brothers, boys in the Reds, which is good at the moment. So hopefully we can um, you know, get back there post the season and rip in.
0: Well, mate, brothers are almost a victim of their own success, mate. There's too many of yous in that Red squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, mate, before COVID, um, we saw... The likes of, um, obviously, you made your debut last year, but we saw Harry Wilson make his debut in the original Super Rugby format. You had Dane Zander come through as a kid no one knew from Norse. And then Hunter Paisami burst onto the scene, mate, stepping into that outside centre role. And, you know, that that tackle on um, Salamana last week uh, is, I suppose, just testament as to what he's capable of. But, um, obviously, you had all those guys and then... Super Rugby AU's given opportunities to a whole new lot of guys coming out of club rugby. So we've seen the likes of Twain at from Jeeps, Fluky, another brother's product, Zane Nongor, Jack Straker, Sean Farrell. Uh, the list goes on. Um, just how special is it, Major, to just see all these guys stepping out of club rugby and bringing, I suppose, what we've seen their capability from? that club game straight up into that super rugby level. I think, you know, Wilson in particular is one of your good mates, is his game hasn't changed from how he played at Brothers to the Reds. He's just taken that hard running game and created a lot of opportunities for guys this year.
2: Yeah, well I think for Wilson I think everyone's knew he was, you know, tipped for big things and that's what he's done. He's backed up what everyone said about him for for years now. And um for, for everyone else, it's, it's really just exciting to see where the standard of club rugby is in Queensland. We have a lot of great talent anyway for our school system and now through club, uh, we're really quite competitive. And I think the big thing that what sort of this COVID um, new competition, you know, Super AU has actually proven, shown us, is that the, the boys coming through, you know, there's Lawson Crying and Sammy Wallace as well. They haven't made their debut, but they've been in a bubble and trained with us the whole time. They've actually made our whole squad more competitive Um, within each other and you know what shows a great team or a championship team Thorny likes to say is actually the bench and the people that don't play so um, for us having when we're training you know team against the other we've got on the other side you know the birds and the boys aren't playing every week they're ripping into us at training they're actually preparing us the best they can because we know it's going to be like that on the weekend and I think that is probably one of the reasons why we're doing so well and I think you know in the next few years, there's definitely going to be a lot more boys coming through the club system, coming through the Reds and getting a taste of some rugby because we've got a lot of talent in Queensland and um, I don't think they're going to shy away from it at all.
0: And, mate, you mentioned some of the guys there who are uh, training in the squad at the moment but not um, not actually sort of getting minutes at the second. So you got, as you mentioned, Semi Wallace has been there for quite some time. Ryan Smith, uh, Joey Fittock, um spent some time in the squad there. Lawson Crichton. And then Junior Razalia sort of more recently from Jeeps. So there's a host of guys there, mate, who are obviously making sacrifices to assist with the with the campaign. And, you know, they'll be definitely chopping it a bit to get back to club rugby in the next sort of few weeks.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think they've sort of, um, you know, they've, they've taken a big part of a big sacrifice because like you said before, we are in a bubble and they could have said, no, I don't want to be a part of it. I want to keep playing club rugby. I can... Do whatever, I go to cafes, be with my mates, whatnot. But they've taken a big sacrifice for the sake of the team and they've helped us dramatically. So um, credit to those guys have done really well and I'm sure they're going to get a crack at Super Rugby there very soon. But, you know, it's a, it's a collective why we're doing so well and they're a big part of it as well. So, yeah.
0: Jay, for you, mate, you've obviously been watching Club Footy for um, a long time as well as following the Reds and Super Rugby. Has there been a period, mate, um, sort of more so since the amateur days, where you reckon that the club system's been embraced as much as it is at the moment?
1: No, not at all. Not not in this century, at the very least, in my opinion. I, I've said for a long time, and it, it may sound harsh, but almost like the professional game, to an extent, has, has been a hindrance on the game in Australia because it then becomes this entity that sort of operates unto itself. You know, back in the days, you know, the 80s and 90s, you'd have wallabies like I think the UQ sides of the early 90s had seven wallabies just having a trundle in it, right? You know, Mardo, Mark McBain, all this sort of stuff uh, not Mark McBain, um, Andy McIntyre and stuff like that. So if that there, there has been a disconnect over the past 25 years. But in particular since Thorny's come in, you've seen like in Clubland alone, we've seen guys like George Smith come down for a run, Mark Chisholm's come down for a run. People are looking to cut, like Scotty Higgins got sent back, not sent back down, but came back from injury a few years ago through the kennel. Like that is something we haven't seen in a very, very long time in Clubland. And it's great to see the professional game embracing the amateur game because as you sow, so shall you reap, right? Like if you're not actually investing in that amateur game, where do you think the Tom Banks and the Jock, uh, Jock, uh, the Jock Campbells and the Fraser McWrights and the Harry Wilsons are coming from? They they start for their club and they come through that pathway and they go schoolboy, colts, seniors, prems, NRC and super rugby. And we've seen so many players go through that and once they hit that super rugby arena, you know, your Hunter Paisami, Fraser yourself, Wilson, as I said, Jock Campbell... These are all players that have gone through that pathway, and when they hit Super Rugby, they hit the ground running. And you know, eight years later, uh, the Reds are hosting another semi-final. You know what I mean? Like that's something we haven't done in such a bloody long time. And I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with um, the pathway and the development and the culture that is bred from this like synergy that is brought forth by the relationship between that amateur game and the professional game that guys like Thorny and co have really set up. So I reckon it's absolutely awesome. It's it's so great to see. To talk about so many players making their debuts this year and the Reds finishing second on the ladder is crazy. Back in the day, that never would have happened. But I think that's a testament to that pathway that has been developed. And I think a lot of that has to do with Thorny and the rest of the QAU for really embracing it.
0: Well I think the other thing to think about as well is like the number of people who are actually coming up to Queensland to play Premier Rugby because they can see it as a as a pathway. Um so Hunter Pice Army is obviously a good one coming up from Melbourne. You know, this year we've seen Connor Vest join U Q. Yeah. Um after plugging away and shoot Shield for ages. He thought, Well, I'm not getting anywhere, so I'll head up to Queensland to see where what can happen. Obviously Ro Cipherloys at Brothers. Um and you know, there's examples of that um in different places. That you know we are seeing guys come here because they can actually see a pathway from club rugby to the top tier, which is excellent. But Fraser, mate, given you're in the bubble and you guys have probably got some spare time on uh, on your Saturday afternoons, have you been tuning in to watch much club rugby on the live streams, mate?
2: Yeah, I've been watching it every week. It's been um, yeah, it's been awesome. I think for us especially on there's been a couple of times that we've had to do a day trip, you know, down to Canberra or to Sydney one of the best things we can do is probably watch the club rugby and it, and it gives us sort of a break away from from the upcoming game and all the travel and all that sort of stuff so uh yeah it was it was awesome I think um definitely the highlight was watching the brothers get over the doggies there sorry J-Ball but yeah that was one. Oh. I knew you were um, gonna bring that up um I knew you were gonna bring that up you we we were also speaking about and we yeah we knew uh <laughs> we knew to come back and yeah, some great. <laughs> I mean, in, then again, with the the brothers' boys as well, they're they're showing some good young class, and Nate Carroll and, and Honey Crichton, and some new boys, mm. just twenty or nineteen, and um, I'm sure like UQ have Macareli really and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of new boys coming through the through the um, club scene, and I'm sure like you've been saying for Testament, the Thorny, and all the other QIU staff. But there's a, there's a definitely a pathway there, and I think they've they've that and they know there's actually a you know, a chance for them to play professional rugby through that Queensland pathway. So I'm sure they'll keep knocking at the heads and um, doing really well.
0: Yeah, mate, mentioning brothers and the young guys coming through, I think we're starting to see, while yourself, Wilso, sort of come through that Colt system very quickly into the Prem Grade side, we're starting to see the rest of the cohort from that Colt team that won the premiership with you guys a couple of years ago starting to come through with the likes of Isaac Tarabai, as you mentioned, Nate Carroll, Hudson Crichton, um, mate, who are some of the young fellas that you've sort of been impressed with um, over the last sort of few weeks?
2: Uh, well, in first grade, yep. yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously, it's hard to go past uh, Huddy and, and Nate in my eyes. I think even when we played, yeah, like you said, in that, um, that 2018 when we and Wilson Woody came back from 20s and played that in the Colts final, um, they were outstanding that whole year. Huddy, obviously brothers with my good mate Lawson and we know how talented that family is and he's a he's 12-13 a genuine center he's got a left foot boot on him and he's got blistering speed so I know he's been awesome and, and Nate Carroll you know I think he's not playing in his preferred position at fullback he's playing on the wing but he's got great vision he's quick um, and he's he's built for um, professional rugby in the future so definitely those two I've been keeping my on as a, as a true brothers boy but you know Mac really's been doing, doing some really wonderful things for UQ and Probably definitely you know, that's why they're at the top of the table is because you know he's got that electric speed and the footwork um, that just aids in their in their in the way they like to play the game. So those who I've been really really keen to be you know watching.
0: Mm-hmm. Now mate, I suppose while we've spoken a lot about the players in terms of the club pathway too, mate, it's probably worth giving a shout out to um, your new defensive coach Michael Todd in terms of the pathway club rugby sort of provided him. As a coach. So, for those who don't know Toddy, because he's uh, he's more of a, a recluse, he's not overt in terms of um, putting himself out there. He's been the Reds analyst for a long time. He's, he's a former Zimbabwean under 20s national He came to Australia um, and first played up at um, University of Sunny Coast, um, won a few premierships up there, and then was going to be involved with Stingrays before a knee injury sort of hindered his footy career and sort of sent him down the track of. Uh, video analysis and started out as an intern at the Reds and his trajectory sort of gone um, upwards. So he sort of started out coaching Prem Colts at UQ um, and then has sort of coached NRC um, with Queensland Country over the last few years. But phrase obviously, Toddy sort of came in and in sort of funny circumstances with the COVID period with Peter Ryan, obviously um, moving on, but has sort of stepped up to the plate, mate. And I think the... The way you guys have turned your defense around since that Tars game, where I think you let him fifteen points or something like that in the last few weeks, and scored over a hundred, it's probably testament to the impact that he's having with you guys in, internally.
2: Yeah, he's had a big, big impact on us. I think obviously that Tars, that first half in that Tars game was you know out of the blue, and that that can happen sometimes. Teams have a have that day, and that's what the Tars did. and um, we knew we had the belief, we had the structures, um, we knew we had that in ourselves, and that's why the pass game, like you said, we've only let him 15 points. But I think one of the big things that, you know, Toddy's brought in um, since COVID is that he's just simplified it really well, and he's someone that genuinely cares about the calls and about the people within it. Um, you know, for example, he, and like you said, he was a video analysis, you knows so how to make clips. Every after every game, he would make clips of every single player, and then you'd go up to him and he'd walk you through them and you'd have about 20 clips. And um, that's, that's a care factor, I think. And, you know, as, you know, as rugby players, you can always get better. And to have someone like a D coach where D's so important in rugby, you can go up to him and speak you know, so simply about how to make your tackle technique better, about how to come up the line square, um, just these little details that can elevate your game. And I think that's something Toddy does really well and he does it with everyone. So everyone's responsible about their own actions. And then on the field, when it comes to actually doing he's made it really fun and enjoyable. So people love going out there and whacking bikes. And that's sort of what we've done. And we love to dig and for each other. And we're Queenslanders. We don't give up. So I think for us, we sort of love going out there, representing Queensland, pulling on that maroon jersey and just going to war.
0: Very true, mate. Well, obviously, massive game for the, against the Rebels coming up Saturday night, mate. And we're all looking forward to to that and wishing you guys the best of luck. But there's a big game before that as well, mate. Brothers UQ at Crosby. It's a GF replay, mate. Um, no doubt you've still got some uh, some ill feelings towards some of your UQ teammates at uh, the Reds <laughs> since since the GF last year, mate. Uh, but just how pumped do you reckon the Brothers boys are going to be for a crack at the Students, mate? Yeah, I
2: think there's nothing better than going up against uni, especially at Crosby, where we we get a really good amount of people there watching the game, cheering them on. I'm sure the butcher will be packed. Um, and it'll be, be a great game. I'm definitely going to be watching, same with all the boys um, at the Reds. So, uh, come on the field, get up get up, and uh, act in some revenge from last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
0: mate, good chance to throw some bandit tape McDermott's way, mate. Yeah, job. <laughs> I know what's coming, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well thanks very much for joining us today Fraser and as we mentioned mate, best of luck for the weekend mate, we'll all be cheering you on Thanks
2: so, Amy saucy Here's Jay Ball, thank
1: you Cheers Fraser, good luck this weekend brother
0: Thank you Well Jay, great to have Fraser McRide on mate Obviously a true product of club rugby mate and uh, no doubt he will be chomping at the bit to uh, to get down to a brother's game mate once his quarantine period is done and dusted
1: yeah, mate. Look, he's an absolute gun, and, and again, as you said, testament not just him, but uh, you know other guys like Wilson, like Lawson, like uh, Smithy, who have come through that club rugby system to go on to higher honours. So it's fantastic to see. I, I, I absolutely love it.
0: Righty, well, mate. Let's throw forward to round seven this weekend. We've got a few top games of footy coming up before that Reds Rebels game to Suncorp Stadium. Now, mate, your boys the doggies are hosting Bond at the Kennel, obviously. You guys will be on a high after a win last weekend over Sunnybank, mate. But the Bullsharks, they're on fire, mate.
1: Yeah, mate. Look, we're, we're points uh, points, and dubs are at a premium this season. We all know that it's all obviously one and done with each side. So both sides are going to be clamouring for it. We know Bond are up in third place right now. But a doggy side and many other sides with just a few consecutive wins could come away with a uh, top four spot. So... It's do or die we're in the mid part of the season. Um, and look, it'd be hard to split hairs with this game. You'd have to stay bond, but I'm going to go to the doggies just because we're at home and I want them to win. And that W would have done a lot for them last week.
0: Very true, mate. Um, now, a massive rivalry match this week, South versus East at Chipsy Wood Oval. This is a match that uh, is always a pretty heated affair across all the grades, mate. Um However, as we head into this season, mate, we've got two teams at very different ends of the ladder.
1: Yeah, you've got East, who are big, experienced, and at the top of the ladder there. And you've got South, who are young, a very, quite a small um, side, and down the bottom there. So, look, two sides with two different fortunes going for them at the moment. And, look, I can't see East letting this one drop. I think it'll be East by quite a lot, to be honest.
0: Well, interesting one to play out, mate. I think contrasting styles of play. So potentially South could, uh, you know, could come through with a bit of a an upset and test the Tigers boys, but it will be an interesting one to see if the Magpies can get up for this one. Now, thrown on to our uh, other bird-related club, we've got the Eagles. they back at home at Hugh Courtney and hosting GPS. Now, mate, I reckon Norse can be a bit of a bogey side for the Galapagos, mate. Uh, this could be an interesting one.
1: They have been in the past. We all know, look, going out to north is bloody difficult to play there. Um, And north sides of the past, nothing against them, haven't been anywhere near as good as the north side that they've currently got trundling around at the moment. So, look, they could surprise them, but I see Jeeps coming out after that loss to UQ and absolutely putting them to the sword.
0: Will be interesting one to see, mate, how it plays out. Obviously, I think the key, one of the key things that I'll be looking forward to seeing is sort of the battle between your likes of uh, Nick Chapman and Reese Tappanay with some of the other um, experienced backs running around in the GPS outfit, mate. Um, that'll be an interesting one to see. And if the Norse Fords can can at least match it with uh, with the Jeeps guys, it'll be it'll uh, be in for an interesting clash. But The match of the round this week, brothers v UQ, it is our grand final rematch. Nearly 12 months down the track from last year's grand final. I think we're just past it. Um, And, mate, there's no doubt going to be a frosty reception for the Red Heavies when they hit Crosby Park.
1: Yeah, yeah, the brethren are going to be absolutely feisty as. So it'll be interesting to see. To be honest, like, as I said, you know, UQ, when Ws need to be picked up, They know how to pick them up and they've been playing really good footy and they've been playing quite abrasive footy, something you don't typically see from them. And I think the inclusion of T.J. Cassini at inside centre has been massively needed for them. He's been getting a great front football and they've really – and Connor Mitchell getting that starting guernsey at number eight has really helped out Connor Vest with the um, ball-carrying responsibilities. So, um, look, this could go down to the wire and, look, UQ should win. But brothers of brothers, you know, it's no easy
0: feat. Very true, mate. You mentioned Connor Mitchell there, mate. Obviously, the Shoe Shields sort of touted as, uh, you know, a competition where the average playing age is a bit older. It tends to be probably a little bit more physical, whereas Prem Rugby is a little bit more free-flowing with the youthful um, sort of nature of a lot of our sides. Do you reckon Connor Mitchell's probably progressed his game a little bit from being exposed to that, having played down there for Southern Districts within the last few years?
1: He's actually playing a different brand of funny than what we've seen. He looks a bit bigger. Um, talking to Conor Moroni, says he's probably a bit fatter and a bit <laughs> a bit more unfit than what we typically remember of Conor Mitchell. Like just absolute massive motor on him.
0: He's got a bad influence <laughs> on his brother Brendan Mitchell, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, bloody oath down at the Stags there. But um, but yeah, like I, I definitely think his game has changed. Like we used to see him sort of as an out-and-out out seven, but he actually looked pretty good in the number eight jersey on the weekend. Like. Looks like he is starting to play a bit more of that ball carrying game. Like we all know he could fold blokes in half, but it's really good to see as well because he's got that sevens background. So at number eight there, he'd hit contact and get the hands free. Something we saw Conor kind of Vesto in the past few weeks as well. So, mate, yeah, I, I definitely reckon his game's gone to another level. He, he probably looks like he's a bit a uh, half a yard slower than what he used to be, but he's starting to, he still fits in well with that UQ setup.
0: Very true. Well, mate, another good round of rugby awaits us. And remember, folks, you can watch all games live and free via the qld.rugby website. So tune in on Saturday. As always, Jay, thanks for joining me, mate. Great to have you.
1: Always a pleasure, to boy. Thanks for having us, brother.
0: All right, mate. We will catch you out and about in clubland. Love ya. Peace you. Peace out. Mate.